In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Hi folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio tonight. I have with me Eric the Artist. Hello everybody. I have with me Gary the Stud. Behold the power of three. And I am Bob Grisman, your host. So we have several things we want to talk with you tonight, and ironically they're mostly Star Wars. Imagine that, a Star Wars and more podcast talking about mostly Star Wars things. Okay, so we have four things we wanted to talk about tonight. We are going four. to first talk about... The 21st Century Fox sale. We're then going to talk about the, well, it was a mini 15-minute trailer for Star Wars Battlefront 2. We're going to talk about the information coming out of Disney about Rian Johnson and a Star Wars TV series. Lots to cover, folks, so let's get right to it. So this week, it's been reported, and we found an article on CNBC, and there's been other sources, too, that have reported that apparently 21st Century Fox has been holding talks to sell most of their company to Disney. So, this is interesting on multiple levels. I mean, first off, this makes Disney more of a monopoly than ever before. Don't oh, you guys think oh, so? Yeah. I mean, who's going to be able to compete with Disney at that point? If they own 21st Century Fox, or at least a majority of it, because that looks like what they're doing. Right. Because they're basically buying everything but their... what They can't own multiple broadcast networks, so they cannot Correct. have Fox Broadcasting, and they cannot have ESP Sports about broadcasting Fox Sports. Fox Sports, right. Because that would be a monopoly between ABC Sports and Fox Sports. Basically, they'd have every Olympics and major network game from here till the end of time. But, I mean, for us as geek fans, this just kicked open a door that I think a lot of people have not thought about. <clears throat> well, have hoped about. but Or never hoped about. Or, well, I don't think people have really thought about. I mean, because people are looking at this from... The savvy sense of, like, business and stuff like that. I'm thinking about it from the bigger angle of, like, what does that mean for different franchises? 
So when you look at, for us, the big one, it would be Marvel. Yes. And the role the 21st Century Fox has played there. And for those people who haven't put it together yet, 21st Century Fox owns the Fantastic Four and all of the villains there. They own the X-Men and all of its villains, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, also is Deadpool, correct? Right? So that's part of that same franchise. Basically, the only thing that, that Disney wouldn't have back in their pocket is Spider-Man, which is owned by Sony, which they're which they've already working with Sony on. So <laughs> Marvel may, I mean, after all these years, if the sale goes through and everything falls in the right place, they would get their properties back right at the height of their of, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right, right when Infinity Gauntlet's just about to be on its backside of yeah. it all. And I mean, how advantageous would that be to, as I told these guys? I mean, there's so many other stories you could tell. I think the big <laughs> one that you could start reaching towards. Is Secret War. Yes. Because I mean, you you could bring Galactus in and the Watcher in and, and suddenly start creating the Secret War and move towards that, which would be absolutely phenomenal. I have said it from time and again. If you want to, you know, create a movie that will blow my mind right off of its neck, Secret War would be it. I mean, seriously, that would be a bucket list moment for me. Yeah. If they do Secret War, mm-hmm. I would be like, that's it. I can die. Well, what I find interesting is, it, is his name Kevin Feige? Kevin the guy Feige, who's yeah. kind of shepherding and heralding the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and watching the flow, and he kind of makes mentions of what's upcoming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One of the things he said, not too long ago, in fact, when he was talking about uh, Marvel Stage 4 after the Infinity Gauntlet right. and after Avengers Infinity War Part 2, whatever it's going to be titled, which we don't know yet, right. because now it's no longer Parts 1 and 2, right, that Avengers, Avengers 4 or whatever is going to be a different name. <laughs> Could it be Avengers Secret War. Could be. He's said that the universe going forward after these two Avengers movies is going to look very different. Could he have already known what might be in the works, what they might be getting back, and by very different be meaning, hey, we're going to pay Hugh Jackman a lot of money to come and throw down with some Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. We're going to get a reboot of the Fantastic Four with new people playing the characters you know, and a real Galactus on screen, and we're maybe he's seeing those things that he knows they can get back, but couldn't talk about. But it can't talk time. about it, so he's just talking about it looking very different, and maybe that's what he's referring to. Mm-hmm. I'd be a very happy person if all that happens. You know what would make me really happy? This gets Doctor Doom. Yes, which would oh. back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which for me, Captain America and Doctor Doom, Captain America Red Skull, <laughs> Doctor Doom. I mean, there's yes. so much you could play off of there that is so cool. You know, you could use the Fantastic Four to relaunch in humans the right way, <laughs> and maybe that's why they're think, not putting all think, their eggs in the basket with the. Inhumans I don't think they're going to touch in humans again for a few years. It's too close. But if that's they, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you could not touch in humans for a few years, not touch Fantastic Four. For a few years, See, I, and then relaunch both at the same time. Your mentioning of Secret Wars has me thinking, and I wonder with, let's face it, the more the Marvel Universe has gone on, the more it's heavily leaned into its cosmic side. Oh, yeah. You know, the Thor and the new Ragnarok movie is very Guardians cosmic. Of Thor, Guardians of the Galaxies. Obviously, the Thanos threat and everything coming in for Avengers Infinity War. Sure. All those things are very cosmic oriented. Mm-hmm. Where do you go bigger than that until you come across a godlike figure who can take everybody and, and say, throw them on a planet, pl- throw them on a planet mm-hmm. and say battle for the greatest prize in the universe, you know, and right. they need, I mean, they got to step up either, either they're going to tell more intimate stories, which I'm fine with if after all of this, it gets back to earth for a little while or whatever, right. but 
they they really, if they want to go big, they need something to expand into cosmic-wise. And they've leaned so heavily cosmic, it's going to be hard to put that – to push it yeah, back you, down. It's kind of like you've opened Pandora's box here. You can't push it back in the box now and be like, we're yeah. not going to be cosmic anymore. We're going to tell the little story. I mean, or, or they won't go as big as, as um, the Beyonder. Mm-hmm. They'll introduce Galactus. As the and that thre- could be as big the enough. to Earth. He's yeah. bigger than Thanos. He's sure. big, I mean, on his own, Galactus takes out Celestials. So yep. he's he's a powerful and powerful dude. You could bring back Silver Surfer again the right way as Galactus' yes. Herald. Yes. And do it the right way. I mean, there's there's a lot there they could that play was with. The, unfortunately, that was the best part of Fantastic Four, Rise sure. of the Silver Surfer. They did a decent surfer with yeah. Doug Jones playing it physically. And uh, Fishburne was the voice. His voice, yeah. The character wasn't bad. Yep. It's just he was in such a crap movie surrounding him that I was just like, oh, God, come on, give this guy something better. See, and to me, I didn't think it was totally awful. I know a lot of people ragged on that movie, but I didn't think it was as bad as everybody was trying to make it out to be. I think, no. I think it got a bad rap. Mm-hmm. I... Infinitely more watchable than the reboot they just tried to do. Yes. Infinitely, <laughs> Infinitely. more watchable. But still... For the epic story they wanted to tell and yeah. the horrible treatment they gave Galactus, correct, very lacking. Yeah, to me they didn't make Galactus seem big enough or powerful enough to. He make, was a cloud, right? It just didn't <laughs> seem to work. What do you guys think about the idea that this is now? I mean, there's no doubt now Disney has a major monopoly. Yeah. Oh, they own Star. How Wars. is this not a monopoly? That's the part I guess. See, I look at this this article on the sale, and the one thing they're not talking about in this whole article. Is the FCC looking at this, breaking it up, saying no? That, you know, like, tweet, this can't happen, because that means Disney owns pretty much three quarters of every production studio in Hollywood. Who owns Harry Potter? Paramount is the only other side okay. of it. That's the only other side of it all. Right. And that's what I'm saying. You've got Disney owning three quarters and Paramount with the other quarter. How's Paramount ever? I mean, it's not Paramount TriStar, but how are they ever supposed to compete with right. Disney? There's just no way. And it just seems like Disney's the only way I can think they get around it bigger and bigger. The only know? way I think they can get around it is the way that their model currently works, which is it isn't Disney making Marvel movies; it's, right, Marvel, it's Marvel Studios. Right? It isn't Disney making a Star Wars movie; it's Lucasfilm, owned by parent company Disney, and it, they're very much trying to g- give the impression of hands off, which keeps I think that whole monopoly thing a little out of people's. I get what you're trying to say, but I think in the business world, well, yeah, it doesn't work like that. They're looking at the books. They're looking at the numbers. They're looking at the ownership. You can cook the books all you want, but the reality is Disney is going to own three quarters of Hollywood, and I just don't see how that's not going to be seen as a monopoly. And that's where I see – I totally could see the federal government stepping in saying, nah, this ain't going to happen. It's too much. It's too much power to give to one company. I'm telling you right now, if the federal government stops me from seeing Hugh Jackman throw down with Chris (laughs) Evans, I'm going to be mad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with you, Bob. Really? You think so? Because all they're doing is buying like the the rights back from. That's what it sounds like to me. Because they can't get they can't have two production companies. Well, they yeah they can't own right. So therefore, it's not going to be a, a monopoly that way. It's, no, it's, um, and it is well in, in terms of like you're saying Marvel characters. It is all just putting the ownership back under the company that originally created right. the characters. But there's Correct. a lot of other things they'll get in this. Purchase. Right, that's the part and I'm looking at. Like, I know from our perspective, it doesn't look like a monopoly. <clears throat> I'm saying from the business end, because of the show, because of the production companies they're buying, the amount of production space and and all of that. Until I it see looks it, monopolies. It, it, until until I see a definitive list of what they're buying, 
I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah we have it, to wait till they yeah, till we it, see. It, the, I don't think it's going to be a monopoly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this was just announced, people. This is all in the very early stages, and we are speculating on this too. Yeah. I mean, it's very speculative, but. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. And I want mutants to fight the Avengers. So I'm also looking at Hollywood saying this could totally flip Hollywood. I mean, as far as like the power of Hollywood and the way Hollywood works, and I mean, a lot of things would go through Disney. I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I'm still, but but same, I hold judgment on that a little. And but at the same time, with what Disney's been doing with Star Wars recently, where they're uh, telling the movie theaters that they have to pay in the that oh yeah, you know we should talk about that a little we bit. should you know in the in the biggest theater for a month right yep, you need to keep it in for four weeks we get the largest cut ever of the profits. Right. So what we're talking about, just just to, to let our listeners know that don't know, Disney... Oh, forget them. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out recently that Disney changed the way the contracts for The Last Jedi. And basically, they're taking 65%, I think it is, yeah, instead of, 60. of all ticket sales, which is normally 60%. That's 5% above, which... I know to us doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're it's talking millions about millions and millions, right? When you're talking about the amount of people that are going to go see the Last Jedi, that is millions of dollars coming back well, to think Disney. Think about it. The Last isn't Jedi going to go to this <clears throat> to the theater. Yeah, say the Last Jedi hits a billion dollars. Right. That's what it could. That's fifty million dollars. Right. More that should have gone into theaters' pocket. That's, going that's now going back to Disney. Fifty million. Here's the other catch: if you don't <laughs> follow what they ask, which is they want they want the Last Jedi in the biggest theater for four weeks, four right? Weeks. If you don't do that, their kickback becomes seventy percent. Yes, which is another potential. Let's say half of that twenty-five million going back to Disney. If you don't follow what they tell you to do, yeah, a month is a long time, people, for a large theater. Now, and like somebody pointed out, if you've got a small theater in a small town, that's they, a huge risk. Yeah, huge yeah. risk. Uh, well, even even in Binghamton area, right even here. in our area, I, I agree. Right. You got two theaters, two different chains. They're going to put it in the oh, big. But here's theaters. here's the the biggest the okay. The length of time isn't what worries me because lately I've seen a couple big hits easily make it three weeks, no sure. problem. Still yeah. getting lots of views. It's the idea of it's got to go into your biggest seat theater. Right. If they didn't do that clause and just said it has to be in for four weeks, right? Period. I wouldn't think of it as that big of a deal. The, the the length of time part. Right. It's that What's biggest the, theater right. thing that, that just... Ugh. And then somebody said it may sit in the largest theater empty at yeah. times. Oh, so yeah. you're rolling a movie with no seats being paid for. Giving a 5% extra giving cut 5% to the theater that's making the you theater do it. That's doing, I mean, well, I'm also sitting here saying, at what point does a movie theater say, you know what? This isn't worth our money anymore. Yeah, we'll We're not going to show that. Yeah, we'll show other movies. Well, that, that's what I was saying. Right, right here in Binghamton, it's alone. You got two different theaters. They're, they're going to tie two of their biggest theaters up. All right. Right. They're, they're, it's going to sit empty, probably for two weeks. Probably. Yeah. At, at certain times. Or, or, <laughs> one of them is going to have to choose to do it, and one of them is going to say, "Nah, we're not right. doing that." Right. And I'm, I could totally see in the future. And, and this is the thing. Disney's like, "Well, this is the way the future of Hollywood's going." I'm like, "If this is the future of Hollywood, that's nasty." I mean, that's you're almost cutting out the middleman. To me. We're looking at the future, the death of the theater, if you continue to move that direction. Yeah. I think theaters <clears throat> will just shut down and let people stream it at home. I mean, I'm in, I have friends who have home theater theaters rooms that I would gladly see any movie in. You mean like mine? Yours. <laughs> I have some other friends, too, who have done it. But, no, I know, yeah. But, yeah, I'm like, I'd watch a movie there. Now, granted, I like going to a theater. I like it. There's, I like There's something out. about the ambiance, but is the that, social life. You is know? that nostalgia? Is that, maybe, that a, it might a, be. A, young, a young group won't care? 
It might be because I re- I remember spending a lot of good my best times of my life in a theater with yeah. my friends going to go see a movie, you know. And I agree with you; it is nostalgia. And you're right; these kids today, and I teach them, and I know, don't look at the theater the same way we do. No, and, and, and maybe they don't behave in like, a theater the same way we do either. Maybe so. companies like Disney see that writing on the wall, yeah, and go, "Well, we might as well get out of it what we can while we can." And when the right. theaters go out of, out of Let's business, suck it dry it now ki- while we can. It, it doesn't kill us because we still own the property, and we're just going to move to the next thing, which is going to be home. Yeah, home viewing. Yeah. Okay, so those are our thoughts on those that two was, subjects. That, that was depressing. <laughs> it's not depressing. It's just different. We have to think different. Okay, let's move on to the next thing we wanted to talk about. There was a release recently on YouTube of the first 15 minutes of Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's supposedly the gameplay trailer, right? Like, yeah, it's it actually was. the first 15 minutes of the game. Right. And, I mean, what would you guys think? Let me ask you that first, because we watched the first 15 minutes. Did you like what you saw? Was it something that was interesting, or...? I mean, it's obviously a tutorial level. You're learning a lot about the game, some of the mechanics, the things you can do. Uh, It introduces the character in a cool way. When we watched it, I made a comment how they very subtly flipped the roles. The people who, you know, whenever you go to the movies, you see as the bad guys, and you kind of don't root for and you root for the heroes and whatever. Um, They've flipped it so that those heroes and those rebels feel bad. Right. And it's subtle. They're not doing anything outright Nope. Maniacal. They're not being, you know, teeth grinding, hand rubbing, laughing, you know, right. uh, Montgomery Burns types evil people. They're just being kind of jerkish to her, which she's the enemy, so they would. But when you see it from the way it's filmed from her side, right. you instantly kind of side with that character and you want to escape with her. And so they did a good job of starting the story that way. And I'm interested to seeing where the whole story goes. I think the whole point of the whole game is going to be that good is bad and bad is good. Which, I think it's going to flip the script on you. Which ties into where we all think the movie is going. Where I, yeah, where I think Last Jedi might be taking you to see if you're thinking the way they are. Right. I, I actually kind of liked the gameplay only because of it's getting you to realize, hey, the Rebels might have actually been interrogating Imperials as much as the Imperials were interrogating the Rebels. You, you pointed out, Eric, that it really does a good job of bringing you, leading you into Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. it's It ties right in. I mean, for those who haven't seen the trailer, spoiler alert, the first 15 minutes Go of watch game, it. I'll put a link. Yeah. Nice. If you haven't played the game by the time we post this podcast, the first 15 <laughs> minutes Hang on. We've been pretty of the game, that. you're the lead character. I can't remember her name. Iso? I something like that. Iso or something like that. She's a commando, a TIE pilot commando, who is obviously very dangerous, and they know Inferno her. Inferno Squad. Inferno though. Squad. Yeah. She's captured. They need to get a code from her to unlock a device that they have. But basically, she got captured on purpose, you learn, and she's come in to erase the device because the information on the device is that at the Death Star above Endor, the Imperial fleet will be waiting on the far side of the moon. Which, if you remember back to the movies, that was the surprise that Palpatine said was, you know, your rebel friends, I've known they're coming, they will all die, ha, ha, ha. Right. And you're seeing the side of it where that information almost got out and you're the person tasked with erasing it and protecting the fleet. We still know they're going to fail because we've seen right, Return of the Jedi. The movie. But it's neat to see that little bit play out. And that's one of the things I've always loved about Star Wars and playing in that world. There are tons, millions, millions of little places that you can venture into and kind of sure. tell a little side story of something that happened tied into something we know from the major canon m- movies. So that whole sequence to me was really neat. And you can you can show side characters people we've never tried to venture to before, people we've never looked at before, 
so we can kind of search out these characters and flush out their stories. And I mean, look at this. There's a whole Inferno squad. I mean, it's this specialty force and the Imperial uh, Navy that we're, we're, we're finally getting a chance to, to get into. And that's a good group to follow because when the Death Star is destroyed and the news of the Emperor dying gets out and the Empire's in you know, shambles or in chaos, who better than to follow than a tight-knit squad of, sure. of commandos who work well together? And it seems like that's going to be the thrust of the story going forward is what do they do in this new world to kind of work, you know, what parts of the Empire still exist? What are they doing? You know, I kind of think they took the idea of Republic commandos and applied it to the Imperial fleet. I mean, that's kind of the way I think it is. Gary, what did you think about what you saw there? Did you think it was kind of cool? It looked all right. Yeah. I don't game, so I don't know. No, I get what you're saying. Uh, it's, it, it interests me. It's not going to make me go out and buy it or nothing right now. But Okay. I like that she wore the little droid on I the know, back. Really cool. And that could come off her quick to like hack doors and send out shocks. And Kind of reminded me of the Inquisitors from Rebels. Because didn't they have, each have a droid that would either go with them or which they could wear, I think? Uh, just the, the Seven Sister had that. Just the Seven Sister. Oh, yeah, okay. she had the couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it just reminded me of that. That's all. The I visuals, cool. I will admit, the visuals didn't blow me away. No. But it really wasn't a lot. I mean, you're just in some hallways, right. and you had the traditional sound effects, and it's a first-person shooter, and you didn't get into those environments yet that I'm sure really gonna look cool. get better as it goes. Um, so I'm, I'd, I definitely want to see more about the graphics. Although the uniforms of the Rebels I thought was kind of interesting. I, yeah. uh, I already saw some of them, like, I'd, I'd cosplay as that. That's pretty cool. So there's definitely some interesting stuff already where I'm going, yep, I could totally see the Star Wars costuming world flipping on its head doing some of these costumes. So it was cool stuff. Yeah, the big thing about this game is it satisfies one of the complaints of the original Battlefront, which is we now have a story. We now have a campaign mode to play. Right. And not only that, but the campaign mode is going to reveal post-Return of the Jedi canon storytelling. I I almost wonder if, like, Jakku is going to get told through the game. Oh, I think it the does. Battle of I think it I think it does to some extent. I hope so, cuz it would be nice to fill that 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 missing line in. I like the fact that for the first time they're going to have more and better classes than they had in Battlefront. That was my complaint about Battlefront. There was no such thing as a sniper class. You had a sniper rifle, but it could only shoot like one round every like 30 seconds, so you had to reload forever in order to use it. It was just kind of crazy, and, and I'm kind of glad they're bringing classes well, you back. You know, space technology. Why would you have a gun that could shoot more than once every 30 seconds? Like <laughs> right? It's a civil war. Apparently it's a, it's a black powder rifle, <laughs> not, a, not an actual... Tamp you know, this yeah, down. Tamp it down. <laughs> so... So it happens to you, a slug thrower. This, this is, <laughs> yes, this is true. Okay, next we wanted to talk about the story that just came out this week. There were two major stories on StarWars.com, and they were major stories. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 were, they were a big deal. And it's interesting. It like, this week was like, ha, we've got well, all this stuff to talk about. And no know? one, they, they don't do anything lightly. No. So there's a clear reason behind these announcements being made leading into the new movie. Right. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what it is because I'm a little nervous because it seems like throwing all your eggs in one basket. To me, to me, it's all about trying to, I think, show you that they have confidence in Ryan Johnson. And this is how much confidence they have. So here's what they announced. Ryan Johnson is not now just the director of Star Wars The Last Jedi, which he is. And he, did he write it too? I think he wrote it too, he, right? I think Writer he worked and director. on some of it. I think he worked on the story. Right, some people. of the script. He is now officially the director and writer and producer of the next three Star Wars films, but not the ones that are part of the canon currently, so not inside of, like, After the Last Jedi. This is going to be a completely separate 
trilogy yes. that has nothing to do with the Luke Skywalker storyline. Without the Skywalker line. So, right. so it's not going to be a major Star like Luke, uh, Luke Skywalker or Skywalker storyline trilogy. It's not going to be one of the standalone films. Correct. We've now got an announcement that there is another offshoot of Star Wars movies besides right. those two. Right. It's going to be its own trilogy. Right. So, I mean... I don't know. I this could be a big deal. This could be a no nothing brainer nothing. Um, it's interesting too because this got announced and you know Disney's making a big deal about it. Lucasfilm's making a big deal about it. Even Kathleen Kennedy's making a big deal about it. But then they give you nothing in as far as information other than it's hey, a blank canvas. Right. Ryan Johnson's going to do this. Yep. Blank. That's how it's going to work. They said he's going to write and direct the first one. Correct. That's they didn't true. say he. They didn't say whether or not new directors would come on for the other two. They said he will be overseeing this as kind of like an executive producer, kind of the way J.J. Abrams is doing with the new trilogy. But they didn't necessarily say he's directing all three or even writing all three. Just oh yeah, the, the just first the of f- which he's set to write and direct. Yes. Oh, okay. So it, it, I, I got an idea of what's going to follow. It's going to be uh, Jar Jar Binks is the master Jedi. Who's yeah. going to train Wicket the Ewok to kill Porks? No. Oh. So that Wicket, the Ewok, can train the Porgs as a Jedi, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, picture it. We <laughs> fade in on Naboo. Oh, God. Come down through the clouds, <laughs> flying through the capital city. It's a good thing he's not hiring up. Yes. No, no. Come up to a small corner, kids running by playing, laughing. There's Jar Jar. <laughs> Sitting. You know? He looks up. Eyes are red. He speaks with the same voice, but without the funny accent. And he's like, it's time. He, he planned this whole thing. He made it all happen. The Emperor was his puppet. <laughs> and we learned that. And the whole, the whole character was a ruse to throw you off to think he was an idiot. Here's my theory. I think they're going to go back. No, I'm serious about this. I, I think what they're going to do is go back and since the title is The Last Jedi, I think they're going to go back and follow the last several Jedi till the extinction of the Jedi Order. So after Order 66, and not Jedi go into hiding, we really still don't have all the stories. I mean, we have some of them. So you think they're going to do another tale backwards instead of forwards? Yeah, that's what I think oh, I they're going to they, do. I, don't, I hope not. I know you hope not, but I think that's where they're going to go. Or close. they're going to go way back and tell the early stories of Plagueis and stuff Maybe. like that. Maybe. It depends on what they reveal in The Last Jedi, too, I think, too. Yeah, I mean, obviously we'll learn more about it. They're, not, so, they're probably not saying Whichever my theories holds up from a couple episodes ago, those that heard it and Eric wasn't right. in the nope, room. I walked That's out. It's okay, and I, I'm not going to reveal any of that. But either one of those stories I revealed, either one could work with the throwback idea. And, and it, it, it would potentially fill in the gaps that we need. Don't you agree, Gary? I mean, like, they could go either direction with that. I, I'd, I'd like to have him uh, tell the story of Darth Bane. That'd be a good one. Or any of the Old Republic could yeah. potentially be a really cool one, too. I mean, you could go way back Old Republic and really kind of knock it out of the park. Right. But that's they're purposely, I think, not saying what it's going to be about. Because A, it's too early. And B, it could reveal things as to where this trilogy eventually ends up. So And C, we're Star Wars fans, so we hate everything. <laughs> well, before you my other question, it. though, and this is where I put the all eggs in one basket comment from earlier. We haven't had The Last Jedi come out yet. Correct. And they may they may be thinking, yeah, we got a winner here, and Ryan Johnson did amazing, and we definitely want to hand him the keys to the kingdom, and blah 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 blah. But what if? Just what if it comes out and it doesn't click, and people are like, oh, this is a step backwards, and oh, you know, I didn't like how this was done. It, what what if Star Wars fans aren't happy? I know this sounds crazy. I don't think Disney cares. 
I really don't. Well, don't. now that they own three quarters of Hollywood, probably not. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, if this tanks, oh, well, we'll bring the next one out. They'll love that one. You know, even, even and that's the stupid thing. Even Star Wars tanking is, is going to earn them a, 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 a three quarters of a million, three Bill, quarters of a billion, of a billion dollars. dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, $375,000 would be nothing for Star Wars to pull in just because of the Star Wars name slapped on it. I right. mean, that's the, let's face it, that's reality. I mean, that's just the... Just, so they could put a stinker stinker out there it just, and it's still going to roll it in. It seems like they're trying to introduce so much. It's, hey, we've got standalone films. Hey, we've got the main trilogy. Hey, we've got animated shows. Hey, we're going to have a new trilogy. Hey, tying in with our next story coming up. Right. We're going to have a TV series. It's There's a lot they're dumping. Star Wars is going to be, oh, this is my fear, oversaturated. And at some point, people are going to be like, I can't follow it all. I get what you're saying, but is is Marvel oversaturated? Yes, to an extent. Not <laughs> you haven't followed everything. If if you you know you haven't, I've, I've tried. I've given up on <laughs> Shield. I wanted to watch Agents of Shield. I can't keep up because I have too many other things to do. I've tried. I haven't even watched most of the Netflix shows, and I'd love to. It's just when you dump that, people can't spend their entire day consuming entertainment if they're not if they have to go out and make the money to buy to pay for the entertainment. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I, I think you have to make decisions and choices. And this is why I haven't, I didn't watch Stranger Things when it first came out. It's why I didn't watch 13 Reasons Why when it first came out. It's the reason I, I had to wait till I had those opportunities. So you have to make choices. And that's, that is the problem with binge watching on, on streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and stuff. You're not going to watch an episode a week. You're going to binge watch it all. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, there is, there is a decision to make there. And it's like killing me. I've started, season two of Stranger Things, but I've only seen the first episode and I think the first ten minutes of the second one. And I know everybody else knows what happens at the end, but I'm like, don't talk to me. Blah, 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 blah. I haven't seen any of the episodes. Like, yeah, I get it. And we, didn't, so you, we didn't see Stranger Things until like two months after it came out, the first, the first I didn't series. see it until this past summer. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you how far behind I was. And I was like, you gotta see this. And I'm like, I know, it's on my list, but I haven't gotten there yet. You know, like, I, I get it. You know, it's, it's like Star Trek Voyager Discovery. I'm so far behind on that right now. Yeah. And so everybody who's been watching has been like, oh, you waited. I'm like, nope, don't talk to me. I'm like, just like, don't talk about Orville. I haven't watched that or finished right. it yet. You know, yeah. so it's, I don't know. You have to make decisions, unfortunately. And Disney's kind of forcing you and many there's, other companies are too, too. It's like there's too much entertainment. Yeah. They're oversaturating the entertainment industry. I do wonder if they're, again, like we've talked about, is there a point of no return where they can't, where you've saturated it so much you can't keep up. Nobody can keep up with any of it. And at what point do audiences just completely give up on all of it? Well, I'm just wondering, imagine, imagine where we were 25 years ago. <laughs> how many channels we had and mm -hmm. how many movies came out a year and how many movie companies there were. We, or... sh we should do an episode of Galaxy Cast called Nostalgia yeah. and talk about our generation and how we I grew mean, up I grew, I grew versus up. how these kids I did. Grew up. I'm old. People, for those who don't know, I'm old. <laughs> I What's old? <laughs> old? Old is I had, you know, 12 channels uh -huh. on my TV. I had three major stations and then some extra ones that we picked up out of New York City, and that I, was it. I remember five. There were no, there was no HBO. There was no, no. none of that. And I remember, you know, we couldn't afford HBO at my house. Right, like, right. Like cable was not an option. We couldn't afford it. Um, I had friends who had it, but I had have to go to their house to watch like HBO specials and right. stuff. You know, it, we even would in my neighborhood travel from house to house because certain shows weren't on the major five. So you had to go to somebody's house who had cable or showtime hbo or whatever to watch that show because yeah. it wasn't on the major five networks 
25 to 30 years ago. Now I could sit here as I podcast, turn on my phone with the Wi-Fi, and stream right. a thousand shows off Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu. I go one step further. Even on YouTube, there's entire on YouTube, seasons of TV shows. Yeah, on YouTube. So it's <laughs> it's like that's in 25, 30 years. What's it going to look like 25, 30 years from now? We're going to have screens inside our eyelids that are just projecting images into our brain and we're nah, going to be lying there. I think we'll go even farther. I think there'll be chips in your head where you can just literally yeah, live it. Live it. Yeah, it's, it's in your imagination and you live it's, it. It's, and that's the thing is it's there's a limit to – the problem with putting out so much entertainment yep. – is that unless you find a way that these people can – and think about it. Disney wants to give you another pay service. People need sure. to fork out more money to get this stuff from them. Yep. So rather than just being like, yeah, hey, we just keep putting it on Netflix or this or that, it's another service that you got to make a decision that you want to buy if you want to keep up with that stream of entertainment. And pretty soon people won't have the money to keep up with the entertainment because to keep up with the entertainment, they won't have time to work. <laughs> right. Cash is king. And, and reality is even Discovery and some other shows are pushing people to think – how far am I willing to stretch my pocketbook to watch some of this entertainment? Right. Okay, so that brings us to our last story. And this one's interesting. Disney announced, while they announced the Ryan Johnson thing, like almost, it was the same day, right? It was, it was a couple oh, hours it was a phone, It was a phone call that okay. he was that they were having. Star Wars was, I think, with major, the investors and stuff. Right. It says, uh, oh, actually, Disney chairman Bob Iger announced at the Star Wars News, the Star Wars News during the company quarterly earnings call. So, yes, with the investors and stuff. That is planning a live-action TV series to air on its entertaining uh, entertainment streaming service that expected to launch by the end of 2019. Now, does that mean that the streaming service is launching by 2019, but the TV show could be even later? No, I'm saying the TV service has already been set to launch in the middle of 2018. So it's middle already of next been, year. Correct. Middle of next year. And it's just going to be another app like, ne- ne- like Netflix. Correct. Netflix used. loses all Disney movies by the middle of 2018. All of those movies go into... Disney streaming service, there is the question, and it has not been answered, about whether that includes Luke Cage, Daredevil, oh, it does. Punisher. They, they said all the Marvel properties are going to go. Are going to go back to Disney? So Netflix produced those. Well, actually, that's true. I don't know. See what, what I mean? Might, so there's yeah, kind of a weird... What uh, might happen is they might not produce any more. And any right. new ones going Disney's forward, gonna Disney have to might have to produce them. Make their own, make their own. Yeah, I don't know. Projects. There's there's kind of a weird like. Does Netflix own that? Does Disney own it? Who technically owns it? Considering Netflix produced it and put the money into it, I don't know. That's gonna be weird. But yeah, I mean, Disney's gonna have its own service. And the, from reading, from what I've read of everything I've read online, this live action TV series is gonna be launching by the end of 2019. That means it's got to be in production already. Well, so at least pre production. This brings me back to. I still think that this is the live-action TV show we talked about, what, four or almost five years ago already, right? Didn't you say there was how many episodes in the can written? Four were in the written, in the can already written. I and thought it was act- more than that. Uh, no, you- sorry, it was half a season, wasn't it? So it was uh, ten. Already produced, though. Four already produced, thank you. Right. Four already produced, ten already written, ready to go. So four in the can, ten ready to be done. I still wonder if that's what they're doing here. Like well, they put it off, put it off, put it off. It'll be dated by now. They're gonna, they'll, they'll can yeah. it and they'll reshoot it. Well, a uh, great, and I will give you a little reshoot it. But it's really easy if you've already got one done to sit everybody down and go, "We're gonna do this, but better." <laughs> you know, what I mean, like watch it and they're, then gonna say, re- okay. they're gonna recast it. They'll probably do everything. They'll recast. it. I'm sure they'll redo all of it. But still, this is the idea that yeah. it's already there. Okay, so what, what do you think TV show is going to be about? See, that's that's the big question. I, I don't think know. they've announced it's going to be smaller characters. It's going to be side stories. It's going to be. It'd be cool if it was Day about like life. Karelian pirates or something like that. To me, that would be a really cool TV show. Well, have you been following Daniel Logan's Facebook page lately? Not lately. 
Again, my phone died this week, so okay. fill well, me in. <laughs> he's got his Boba Fett armor. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. And there's nothing been said anything about a movie for Boba Fett in quite a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the TV show was about Boba Fett. Which, initially, that was the rumor. Yep. And remember, for a while, Daniel went into... See, a lot of people don't know this. Daniel, for... It was almost three months where he went into Entertainment Blackout, where he couldn't talk, he couldn't go out and visit, he couldn't go out and sign autographs, and everybody was wondering why, and wondering why, and wondering why, and all of a sudden he came out of it and nothing was said. He wouldn't even tell me <laughs> what was going on. So there, I, it told me that something happened. He did something with Disney, and it was never discussed. And that's where I kept saying... I think he was in those one of at least one of those four episodes that was in the can. So now it makes me wonder if it is a Boba Fett show, if they're still thinking about producing it, and maybe they're going to bring him back. So maybe you're making a valid point, it, Gary. It, I mean, he's, he's going to be the ongoing antagonist or protagonist, whatever sure, you call in, it, the, in, the, in the show. In the show, but it's going to be other other characters. I don't think you're going to see anybody from the original trilogy in it, right? So let me maybe Boba Fett hunting down other people right i get it it would it'd be cool it'd be awesome if that's where they're going who knows and again this is so cryptic like disney's not giving you any information other than we're gonna do this and i don't know it just seems weird to do it that way to announce it that way just before the last jedi maybe they're just trying to create hype around the movie possibly i don't know and maybe they're doing exactly what we're doing right now, which is, haha, they're talking about it. That's exactly what we want. Yeah, I mean, we just podcasts all over the world. We're probably, <laughs> probably about this announcement, same thing we are, thing we are doing. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting. So, hope you enjoyed all the things we just talked about. Again, if you're confused about what we just said, we just talked about the 21st Century Fox buyout. We talked about the trailer of Battlefront for the first 15 minutes. We talked about Ryan Johnson and his trilogy. And we talked about the Disney TV series. So... We'll be back in just a little bit. We're going to talk about the next two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. That's right. They doubled it up again. Uh, And so we're going to talk about that because, well, that's what we do here now. We talk about Star Wars Rebels when it's on. So we'll be back in just a little bit, folks. Don't forget, it's episode 201. So you want to be listening for that trivia question and what prize you're going to win. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Hi, I'm Cornbread. I'm Judy, and we met on charmony.com. I saw her profile, and I just knew I'd found somebody special, a real Georgia peach. I'm from L.A. There's just something about her, that red hair, those long legs. It's it's kind of hard to put into words. I was kind of leery of using a site like charmony. You never know what kind of weirdos are on there. But obviously, there was a certain someone who caught my eye. And I couldn't be happier. Our first date was at Sears. He was pricing log splitters. I told her she was good. I'd take her to corn dog on a stick. Then he said those three words every woman loves to hear. This look infected. We've been with each other ever since. We wake up together every morning. I feel like I know him so well. It's, it's like, like we, we finish each, each other's, other's uh, sentences. Yeah. I'm just truly thankful to see Harmony for introducing us. I can't imagine where I'd be without him. Probably still in bed. Get your country on with a Cornbread Morning Show, weekdays on WIL. 
The future is now. The future is in the cloud. Cloud computing. What's cloud computing? Imagine a computer you share with everyone. Imagine your private data spread around the world, being shared equally with everyone. It's the cloud. I'm in the cloud. It's utopia. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Imagine instead of your own computer, it's a giant one we all share together. Your data is safe. It's in the cloud. Everyone's in the cloud. Live life surrounded by the mists of time with Cumulonimbus Computing. The cloud is hard to describe. You can't see when you're in it. And when you get close, it disappears. Where'd the cloud go? Now, when your data is damaged, you don't need to fire the IT department. You can fire the internet. You're fired, internet. We've taken the metaphor to extremes because when you're in the cloud, lightning won't strike. It's Cumulonimbus Computing. I'm really in the clouds. You're in the clouds now. Star Wars Return of the Jedi is here. From it, Kenner brings you 65 incredible Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. And now, Kenner reveals yet another. From the dark side of the Force, the Supreme Master, the Emperor, and he's yours free. Just by sending five groups of purchase from any Star Wars action figures to Return of the Jedi, Box 596, Young America, Minnesota. But hurry, this offer will end. Hey, Galaxy Cast fans, it's that time again. It's trivia time for some free prizes. First off, your prizes this time around. You're going to get the Enhanced Jabba's Palace Customizable Card Game Pack. You're going to get two packs of pocket model trading card games from the Star Wars Pocket Model Trading Card. You're going to get a pair of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace 3D Glasses. Those were special, handed out only in the movie theater. And your last prize is a Ralph McQuarrie Signature Series Star Wars Concept Chewbacca figure. That's right, it's an actual collectible figure. So here is your question this time around. Your question is, according to Lama Sue in Star Wars Attack of the Clones, how many units were ready when Obi-Wan Kenobi arrived on Kamino? And I'll give you four options. Option A, 50,000. Option B, 200,000. Option C, 400,000 or option D, 1 million. Send your answer to galaxycast at gmail.com and good luck. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. 
Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about the latest two episodes, at least for us, of Star Wars Rebels titled In the Name of the Rebellion Part 1 and In the Name of the Rebellion Part 2. So we just got done watching both episodes. It seems like they're releasing everything in twos right now. I don't know what the deal is with that, but you know, one thing we haven't talked about is the odd time frame they're releasing these episodes. The first two episodes were on a... Uh, Gary, you, you said you saw them. They were on a mid, at midnight, right? On a Monday yep. night? Uh, kind of in a weird time slot. And I think these two were at a late night, Monday night time slot. What do you think the point is behind that? Releasing them in these odd time slots like this? Are they just dumping it? Are they just getting them out? It's an available time slot. They're dropping it in. They're publishing... You know, They're getting them out in syndication. And they know people will DVR them if they really want to see them. I think they're now at 9 o'clock on Monday, so... Is that what it is? 9 o'clock on Monday nights? Yeah, 9, 9.30. What's a better time? It's a better time, but it's still not kid-friendly time, sure. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, they've decided the kids are no longer their audience, I think. I mean, at least as far as their timing of this. Well, also, the I was going to actually say that about the first of the two episodes we watched tonight. Had a very... Had some heady themes for... For kids. For, for being a kid show. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think they're trying to gear it now towards the adults. And there's definitely a major Star Wars, Rogue Star Wars Rogue One tie-in for yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, there, there's there's no doubt about that. So let's talk about the meats and potatoes of this episode. So the first episode, they decide there's this relay that they need to get rid of. Now, what does the relay do? I forgot that that they needed to get rid of it. Well, it, basically, it's it, it allows the Empire to do faster communications and respond right. quicker to their incursions, as well as pick up, I think, on uh, intel and information. So they decide they need to get rid of this relay in order to basically disrupt communication well, they, across they, the Empire. They, they weren't going to blow it up or nothing. They were going to just tap into it so they, that's right. they could figure out how what, they're, what they're doing. Right. And so the initial plan was to tap in and yes. find out what they're doing, which is kind of a cool idea. So it's kind of like a slicer mission. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the whole thing came about because Hera is returning from a, a supply run and their her squad got decimated because the Empire was able to respond quickly to their incursion into the spit into empire territory due to this relay getting the message out to nearby squads so they are talking to mon mothma right basically about it and she decides you know we could use this you know what i thought interesting about this particular episode the first one is there definitely was some major major crossover characters here so we got to see wedge for the first time yeah. in a while we got to see Callus. Callus, yeah. Callus finally. I thought you were talking about. Episode. I thought you were talking about the guy who showed up in the right. ship. No, no, no. I'm talking about Callus. Yeah, Callus shows up for just Kallus a few shows moments. Shows up for a little bit on this episode. We see Mon Mothma. So there's definitely some. Bail appears in a Bail hologram Organa. form. Yeah, is there in a hologram yeah, form? Yeah. So there's definitely some major crossover here. Uh, General Dudana too. Dudana, yep. yep. So we're seeing the rebellion definitely take shape, which I think is kind of interesting. They were seeing the rebellion take shape. So this is the first time I think we're starting to see all that come together. Plus, we're on Yavin 4, which is kind of cool. You know, So you're, you're getting that throwback to Yavin 4 as well. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on, at least as far as that kind of stuff in the episode. In the Imperial side of things, it, the Imperial looks really stupid in this episode. I hate to say that. Like, Don't you guys think... like? They make them looking look incredibly dumb. Oh yeah! In this particular episode, I mean, first off, you get three people that land, well, two people and a droid that land on a relay station, and they run behind the center part of the dish, and that's how they're going to hide from a three-dimensional object that is floating above them. Something just said to me that's just not possible. It's a ship. 
it's going to see you no matter whether you're hiding behind that little, I don't know. <laughs> the thing I liked, though, is the commander that shipped there uh, got all his um, micro binoculars and, and looked out the window <laughs> to see him. Yeah, and they're, they're, <laughs> right they're waving. Sort of, not only raises his mask to give away his face, but then waves. Right, and he goes, oh, there's the the rebellious... That's that boy! That's that boy. <laughs> but what gets me, though, is it, it, it's not a starship. A light, I know. Cru- a light cruiser. They don't, they don't have their own... Sca- yeah. Bring it up, yeah, bring it right. up on screen, you know, something. It's like well, that's you, what I'm saying. Like they couldn't detect <laughs> the life forms. I mean, it'd be like Picard taking out a pair of binoculars to look <laughs> right. out the window, going, "What is that ship over right. there?" Instead of saying to Data, "Hey, scan for some life yeah. forms, you precious little life forms." No, we're not going to do that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, right. So I mean, part of me just says, "Why wouldn't you do that?" So you have that crazy part of it and then the stupid part of it is the stormtroopers come out of the relay dish out of all the little doors and all of a sudden they can shoot like no tomorrow it's because they're in that little dish that's t- tipping and all that so yeah but they can actually hit their target because it's tippy here's the other thing right. you're going out in a dish that can move would you be i don't know have like some safety lines attached to you or magnetic boots i was about to say magnetic lo- maglav boots i think would be a pretty much a given right like but not for this crew not only for the stormtroopers but not for ezra either or or sabine either so they don't think to bring maglev boots with them and just get tossed about on this dish like it's well the, the other thing is they're 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 afraid of falling off of it they got jetpacks i was thinking the same thing Two, two episodes ago, they're flying all over the place like they're freaking Superman, right? Like, the jetpacks are, are the most awesome thing ever. Why not just do that? The, the one thing I would have liked to have seen on the whole, this whole part when they landed on that dish is when Chopper slammed into the main thing there, it tilted it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, what I wanted was a Chopper imprint on the actual piece of metal, and he falls down, right? Like, Chopper's face is still imprinted on the metal it would have been kind of a funny you know moment that you could have been like ah look there's his face it's funny and that's the only redeeming part of part of this episode is there's some humor there with chopper but like part of this episode i'm just kind of like this is crazy like the whole episode the idea behind the episode i mean basically i want to know who sat in a studio at lfl and said hey let's have a, a battle on a relay dish in a planet where you can't see the the, the, the floor of the planet and, and we're just going to flip the relay dish back and forth and that's going to be the basic battle the just the, who said that was a good idea I want to know in a planning room thing, who said that was an awesome as idea the sad thing is that could be with the proper choreography done pretty cool you could make right. an interesting sequence out of that but this show never does proper choreography it's very stilted the, the former employee of Dish Network <laughs> <laughs> somebody who's mad at Dish or DirecTV right. or both I'm we'll not make sure. the Dish the enemy <laughs> so first off that part of it all is all crazy the second part of it is the fact that the ship never fires at the dish well it, i don't Why think it would they don't want to destroy their own dish but there's rebels on it yeah but you're gonna to want to kill the rebels you don't want to yeah if someone's on your house that's a bad guy you don't suddenly drop a bomb on your house to take him out you kill the bad guy and if you, you're in a war you do uh <laughs> I think they want to. Well, here's their thing. You want to capture the rebels because you want their intel. You want their information. You don't just want to. Maybe I don't know. Part of me just said, "Why didn't they just shoot them down?" I mean, like, shoot them off. I mean, like, duh. But okay, I get what you're saying, Eric. I know what you're saying, but sometimes well, I, sacrifices are made. You know, right. I, I can guarantee you, if Vader was in control of that ship, 
There wouldn't thrown, be a relay. Thrown into the oh, yeah. ship. There wouldn't be no relay. Right. And the relay would be gone and the rebels would be dead. I just, e- even even uh, Tarkin. Yeah. yeah Tarkin I blew up, didn't it. they blow up their own base at the end of Rebel at the end of the yep. season so that the rebels wouldn't get it? Yes. Yeah. So. so that's why I'm saying, like, I'm amazed, like, you could have gone that route here and you decided not to. No. But Saw Gerrera comes along and saves the day in his, yeah. his U-Wing and, and throws in some Gigantic explosives, which... Explosives. Uh, those are pretty impressive explosives. I was impressed with where he went with that and just how easily they were able to explode that dish. And it wasn't a small explosion. Not only did it hit the dish, but it blew up the, the Star Destroyer next well, to the that, dish. And that was the thing, is I felt with these two episodes, watching them back to back, they felt very similar in story structure. They even yeah. ended the same way with an explosion that took out Something both big. the object and a bigger thing near it. Right. And it seemed to very, be very repetitive. Yeah, I'll give you that. And that's where we get the catch at the end of the first episode is Saw says, hey, there's this other thing we want to go check out, but we need your help since you're so good at infiltrating things. Because, yeah, they were great at infiltrating a dish. A dish. <laughs> Let's go infiltrate this other thing. And since I saved your life, you kind of owe me one. And that's the other thing. There's no logic behind their infiltration of the dish. Well, they can't turn their jetpacks on until the last second or they'll be detected. A falling object going really fast is not going to be detected. It, I, don't, and no, I think the only way to not be detected by the dish is to have come in through the fog, like really low through the right. rocks would right. have been better. But dropping around top of it, you're going to be detected. But they never detected him until they hit the dish and, uh, and, and, and made, the, made the screen go flat. Yeah, like I tapped it. Hey, someone go adjust the antenna. I'm losing uh, channel 12 here. Yeah, you don't even hit them go when they hit the metal that never happened because that that's just not something that's there the thing the that disappoints me the most is that the very the first quarter of this episode this is the one i talk about had some really heady themes for kids it had that great argument between mothma and, and guerrera right where he's arguing the more militaristic side and she's saying no there are still rules of engagement we don't kill prisoners and we don't you know we fight by rules and he's like you can't do that because he's he's more of the extreme and you know she's getting upset and it was just this i was like wow there's some really interesting ideas about this reminds me of the beginning of world war ii where uh, um the argument was in the allies how do you fight this war against the germans and the japanese because the germans did have some rules of engagement there were certain things they were willing to do and not willing to do where the japanese there, there were that rules of engagement was not a thing. You know, kamikazes, all that stuff was crazy, and there were a lot of arguments amongst the allies. How do you fight this war against an enemy who really doesn't have a set of rules? Right. And it reminded me of that because there was a lot. A lot of people don't know that FDR actually didn't get along with no, no, Stalin. No, no, no. no. Uh, Churchill didn't get along with Stalin. Churchill, thank you, did not get along with Stalin because they didn't agree about how to approach the war. And it's the same argument here. It's it's is it complete brutality, or do you try to take the high road and not go into be complete better brutality? Than your, you know, don't right? become be better your than your enemy. enemy. Don't become them. Well, and basically that just brings me back to the initial point, which was that's some heady themes for a kids show. And it, when we had that discussion at the beginning yes, of the episode, is. I had high hopes for it, and then. It just kind of went got downhill. Kiddish from yeah. that point it's like on, it, and it got weird. It was a very the mood and the feel of the episode seemed to be very schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it was written by two different people, and they went in two different directions and didn't talk about where they were going to yeah. go in the middle. Then we get the second half of the episode, and Saw Guerrera says that there's this station that's got all these parts that they keep sending out somewhere in the middle of space, and they want to find out what's up, what's the deal with the station. Yeah, and Saw is basically obsessed with discovering what is the big secret the Empire's keeping. Right. 
which we all know yeah. what it is at this point. Exactly. For those who haven't figured it out, it's a friggin' Death Star, by the way. Uh, oh. <laughs> Did I ruin it for you, Eric? I thought it was Darth Vader's, like, cell phone number or something. <laughs> I thought it was Circular Beast. Yeah, actually, it's it's Circular the... Beast. It's the secret combination code to Darth Vader's bathroom. That's really what it is. His, his back to tank. Yeah, his back to tank. <laughs> it, it's what buttons to push on his chest plate. <clears throat> yes, the right combination to actually make yourself invincible. Yeah. Uh, R2, R3, L1, If you L2. put the, yeah. push these three buttons in sequence, you get serious FX <laughs> radio station to play. <laughs> That's as much of the songs I can play. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, so so we decide to go to the station. We infiltrate the station, which seems to be fairly easy to do, by the Everything way. Everything is easy civilian. to infiltrate. And they get onto this ship. And they start searching around. Now, this cargo ship, that's really weird because on the outside of the cargo ship, it looks like there's no docking bays anywhere. It's, it's blocks of the cargo. Right. And then you get inside the ship, and there seems to be huge cargo bays. <laughs> so that, there's like a TARDIS problem with this. It's like bigger yeah. on the inside than it is on the outside. I, I, I don't know. I didn't get that. And they go running around to different cargo bays trying to figure out what it is that's on the ship that they're trying to protect yeah and early on ezra hears a noise it sounds like right. singing to him but they and they kind of move on from that and of course everyone knows eventually that's going to be the important thing in the episode but they still move on from that at first and what they find instead when they get to a cargo hold that's off limits is there are pris- prisoners in a in a container and of course they all reveal that they're techs of some sort power techs power techs of some sort which, I mean, you know, at this point, you could have just basically slapped it across the head of people's face, you know, to say, hey, these are technicians to come up with the power for the Death Star. Right. And, of course, if you've watched Rogue One, I mean, you know that's that was the whole point of the other character in Rogue Urso. One. Uh, Urso. Jin Urso. Her father. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you know that's all kind of interconnected. Did you guys think it was a kyber crystal, considering, you know, where they were showing, you know... The singing early on, did you figure out that maybe that's what it was? No, I actually thought it would. Part of me thought uh, it would have been interesting if it was like a Yasilamari. Yeah, okay. And it was affecting him. He was like hearing weird things because he was losing it. And when they uncovered it, he'd be helpless. And I thought that'd be neat to finally bring that in. I kind of had a feeling it was a Kyber crystal. I didn't think it was going to be a big one. But I always had a feeling it was going to be a small one. Only because if you remember in the episode where he was searching out his lightsaber, it was singing to him. Prior to him I, And it. I hadn't remembered that. I, yeah. I, and that was a couple seasons back. That's why. Well, I figured either a camera crystal or one of those... Uh, the birds? Whales. Or the, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. The, spa- the, the space, space whales. whales. I forgot space about Space whales those. that can travel hyperspace. Yeah, I never thought about that. They could have been those, too. So they continue searching the ship because now they've got the text, but they want to get off the ship with the text. And they but discover... But Guerrero wants to find out what the real Guerrero wants is. to find out what the real MacGuffin is. And they keep searching, and that's when... They find a crystal skull. <laughs> it's a giant kyber crystal, and, and the yeah. thing is huge. I mean, it's massive. It was a lot bigger than I, th- I pictured yeah. it would be. It's about the size of a small Yeah, that's fish. right, Gary. Ha. I know. Ha. <laughs> yeah. So, so... This crystal had a lot of girth, too. It did, too. yeah. It was very, very yeah. weighty. Ha. Um, it was King Kong's uh, Kyber crystal for his lightsaber. Apparently it was, yes. <laughs> I was surprised that uh, Saw could take it all the way he did and, <laughs> and move it around. But. So much for our family show. <laughs> impressive. Most, Most impressive. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and it floats, so. which I find is interesting. These things just float there. No, I'm getting off the joke okay, now. Okay, I'm back no. to actually real. It's literally, I thought, I thought no, 
Maybe that was the containment system around it. I think it was the containment okay, system so around it. Okay, to make it, it easy yeah. to move around. Okay. Right. Yeah, it looked like it was like in a carbonate or something. Almost, yeah, like the same kind of container they use to move carbonate yeah. around. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I was thinking like an anti-grav field okay. kind of thing. I get that. that. I, I totally saw that wrong. I thought the crystal itself was like levitating. I'm like, it's a little <laughs> magical. Yeah, I'm not quite sure that it meant for it to be that magical. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> so they find the crystal, ah. and I, I found this interesting that, that Guerrera is now like stuck in this thing of like he wants the crystal. Like, don't you guys think he wanted to steal the crystal? I, well, no. At I first, think it, he explained that he wanted to get to the system, right? And find out. Right, he wanted to use it as a trap. Why, I yeah, guess, why he moved it, it, I don't know. It's like if you want to get to the system, just find out what the thing is. Leave the crystal where it is. Stay hidden. Hide aboard the ship till they get to the ultimate right. destination. Why are you making such a big deal of your presence on the ship when people are running around going, "There's rebels." Okay, now there's rebels here. We think the uh, rebels are in the engine room. It's like. Okay, they know there are rebels on board. What do you guys think was the ultimate plan here? So they moved the Kyber crystal from the ship, the transport ship, to the Star Destroyer. Does the Star Destroyer then go from there to the Death Star? I yeah. Mean, yeah, I think. Do you think I that's think, what it is? I think this. Yeah. Now, wasn't the Death Star in the Tana system when they said they were going to Tana? I kind of went, "Oh, they're going straight to the Death Star," and that was kind of what threw me off. Was they only went to a Star Destroyer, and that's where I thought the Death Star was being built. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe that maybe it's not in the Tana system. At least not at this point. I don't know. It's kind of weird. They didn't give an explanation for that. So well, well, maybe it's not going straight to the Death Star. Maybe it's going someplace where they can test the like process or, it yeah. first. Kind of like the planet that Generoso's father was on, where they were doing yeah, work. where they were doing testing work before they would take yeah, it maybe right. to the Death. Star. I get what you're saying. All right, that makes that makes a little and, more sense. Just that the Star Destroyer was a better escort for something so valuable. Well, that's what I was about to say. Would you really want to put a kyber crystal on, on... I mean, let's face it, there's not even a full garrison of stormtroopers on the ship. No. And that's kind of weird. I think there were seven. Uh, right? Like, if, if there was that much, right? <laughs> well, well, seven plus, oh, the, plus de- the, the shadow troopers. troopers right. There was like three of them. It, it, was, spo- it was supposed to have been... Death um, troopers, right. That's what they are, death troopers. It, it was supposed to have been a civilian transport anyway. Car- right. Cargo transport, so... Right, because they were surprised when they found such a... The, the heavy presence of stormtroopers right. and stuff on board. So, I mean, I don't know if that was a heavy presence of stormtroopers. It was quite a bit. For this show, it was heavy. No. <laughs> this is true. Because they can't afford to animate that many people. <laughs> now, what they could have done is made the Kyber Castle smaller mm-hmm. and put it on the Millennium Falcon. Right, right. And that's what that's why they end up boarding the Millennium Falcon to try to get the crystal back, right? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Well, when they go after the Millennium Falcon, that's when he could dump his... Uh, oh, his cargo. Right. Oh, yeah, and have the excuses to why he dumped the cargo. See, now that would have been really cool. I'd have been into that. See, it's the little things. We gotta have Gary start doing these shows. They realize they're meeting up with a star destroyer. They realize that's the whole point. And Guerrero suddenly realizes he ain't gonna find out what he thought he was gonna find out. And so they abandon that mission. And they go back to the mission of well, let's Guerrera, get their power techs off the ship. They do. Guerrero goes to the mission of let's blow up everything. Right now, he wants to blow everything up. So Which he, brings you back to your point of, it's just like the previous episode. Yeah. Where Saul Guerrero blew up the dish. Well, if that's not working, let's blow up the Star Destroyer. He just likes blowing things up, I guess. He does. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of an odd thing. So I, I want to see him get blown up. <laughs> uh, you did. You did, yeah. Remember? Rogue One? <laughs> did yeah. you forget? Okay. No, I mean, to, to get him to where he was in Rogue One. Oh, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Because right now, he's running around like nothing. Yeah, you're right. Not, not breathing heavy or nothing. That's true. Yeah, he, yeah, he been, does look pretty he healthy. Been injured and yet. How far are we from Rogue One? Not very far. No, we're not supposed Something's got to gotta happen to really injure him to need the gas mask right. and the limp and the, all that. And the extra. He doesn't even have the leg, right? He doesn't he does have, have the. And he does, he's he, missing a leg. He's missing two legs. That's right. Yeah, he was in missing two. Something's got to happen. You're right. So now I see what you're saying about blowing right. him up. Something's he does accidentally happen. blow himself up. <laughs> Holds on to something for too long. Whoops. 
Throw that grenade. What grenade? <laughs> Count to three. One, two. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. So anyway, yeah, you're right. At the end of the episode, he, he basically, they get the crystal to destabilize. Which they said a crystal of that size would destabilize anyway. Well, then I, I go back to Gary's point. Why not make it smaller then? So they, they destabilize the crystal. They start pushing the ship towards the Star Destroyer, and yet they don't detect that it's overpowering or powering up. Until too late. Until it's almost right on top of it. That's because the guys are looking out the viewports with their micro I was going to say, are they, are they going now in the, in the other episode where they're looking out with the bi- micro binoculars, not really paying attention to what's going yeah, on? And you got little Geiger counters to see if they're <laughs> Meanwhile, a Death Trooper tries to stop them from getting onto the Imperial transport with the technicians, yet somehow gets knocked out. Everyone gets mystically gets, gets everybody yeah. mystically gets knocked out. Chopper beats up two stormtroopers <laughs> in the most in the most awkward way ever. I mean, shocking the one makes sense because he was behind them and right. trying to face the other things. But then he flies off into the air, comes and up to the guy's face, and spins and punches the guy. Almost like punch. a you know a three stooges. You know, he needed to I don't know grab his nose, do something. I, it was kind of weird. That whole sequence seemed odd and the decisions out that of the place. people making this show make. Just make me scratch my head sometimes. Yeah. Again, I, I even if you're playing towards kids, a kid's got to be sitting there going, "That was stupid." Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. seriously. And, and it's getting more and more dangerous to fly in hyperspace too. Apparently, yeah. We got a droid flying around in it, and now we got a, a skate pod. A skate pod, yeah, floating around in in space. Several of them somewhere. <laughs> right. There's a lot of space junk out there. That's all I can say. In hyperspace, though. Yeah, in hyperspace lanes. So anyway, chop. Yeah, we have this weird, you know, and then they get in, into the Imperial shuttle and they try to take off. And of course, the explosion can't be a little explosion. Well, back up just quick. I want to. St- Ezra yeah. is still so inconsistent. At times, yeah, right. he kind of blocks some laser blasts and seems like that's all he can do. And then other times, he cuts the guns of two stormtroopers in yeah. half and force throws them into the ceiling or shoves boxes Pull, into other people. Pulls like, a Darth Vader almost. Yeah, you know, like. he's he's like, wh- what is he? How how why is he so? inconsistent in the way he's using this i'm not sure either like in in he can force push and pull really quick and then he's like oh i'm exhausted i can't do that anymore yeah. or, I, he's worse than yoda uh, when or it comes I, to that or i don't know how to fly this jetpack i'm gonna crash yeah and then three seconds later he's superman Whee! <laughs> and another thing is, is why isn't vader after these jedis yeah i mean at this point this part of the rebellion is getting pretty strong and They're i felt like the, he, they were after them with the whole Night sister, yeah. or the, or the, not the night sister, the, the, the seven sister, seven sister, sister and, and eighth brother. Eighth brother. What happened to them? That was all where the series was heading, and it felt like okay, they're after these Jedi, and they got kind of powerful, where, and that's where all are gone. The Inquisitors, yeah. right. Inquisitors, we have no idea at this point because they weren't all defeated on the Darth Maul episode. There no, was others left. Right, with the seven sister, and as far as we know, the other guys still out there. There was that right? one that barely showed up and was cool, and we didn't learn much about. And yep, then, and never came back. And again. never came back. Nothing. I don't get it. I don't was understand. That, was that the seventh brother or something? Or something like that. I, I don't remember I don't what it was know. called. But yeah, I mean, like, we, we've completely abandoned the whole Inquisitor part of this. Like, like we have no idea what to do with them, so we'll just drop them and hope nobody notices yeah. that we dropped them. I mean, the whole them. idea of the original Inquisitor, who just let himself go and fall into an engine, yeah. where I was like, okay, does that mean something? Is that going somewhere? Then we see him later in a vision in a temple... So we were thinking maybe he so comes back to life Something's somewhere. going on with him. Right. Now we're touching none of that story nope. again. Now nope. we're just flying around, blowing up dishes, and Never you know, worried about our cable bill. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, big explosion. Shuttle gets decapitated, basically uh, incapacitated. 
can't do anything, and then uh, magically the ghost appears, saves the day, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. And yeah. what happened to Guerrero? I forgot. He he flew away on the other ship. With that's his right. He buddy. went on the other ship they with his off. bud, and they took off. So again, another kind of awkward ending, and they go their separate ways, and we really don't have any explanation, and it just kind of felt like it ended very abruptly too. Yeah. So we've got uh, <laughs> it does. When I think back on these big episodes with Darth Maul, with the pyramid, and with the the knight or the seventh sister and the eighth brother yeah. the, the inquisitors and the old inquisitor and the the one with the vision and the inquisitor being in the vision in the temple there's all this story they've hinted at that they never even and now we uh, what's going on with it yeah yep we're just kind of back to re- you know rebel incursion runs where they end up blowing stuff up because they screwed up <laughs> for random reasons too we don't we're not even sure really why it's like wasted episode space. Now, wasn't Rebels the one where they hinted at Darth Bane? Or was that... Uh, at the very end. Was that Clone Wars? That was it was Clone, Clone Wars, Wars at that the Clone very Wars? end with the Yoda okay. episodes. See, that would have been another interesting tie-in they could have been using all this time. And, and we'll never know what happened to Ahsoka either. That's the other thing, too. Yeah, yeah, they haven't touched on that once. No, I don't think we ever will. I think that's their way of dealing with Ahsoka, is, is that's, that's how they did it. They're going to leave her at the temple. So... <laughs> Here comes the nasty part of the show. We're going to uh, rate this, these two episodes. Let's rate them together in one one score, one for, score everything. for everything. We might as well. Because it's like a two-part episode. I, yeah, I do kind of feel like movie. Yep, yeah. So, uh, you know, zeros that don't bother, tens of must-see. Anyone want to go first? I'll go. Go ahead, Gary. I give it a solid four. Ooh, okay. That was more than I thought you would give it, actually. Yeah, me too. Go ahead. Had some good parts. We discussed all the good parts. Yep. <laughs> and we discussed all the bad parts. Yep. And so, our discussion of the bad parts was far more significant. Yep. Okay. So all the explanations we just said is, okay, good enough yep. for you. Eric, how about you? How would you rate this I was going to go like a three. Because, and I always come back to it, we always say, how important is this in the overall lore of the episodes? Well, we just discussed how many storylines that are cool that they've abandoned and are ignoring for yeah. these episodes of them blowing up a random dish. Or, I mean, granted, there are the interesting parts. They're tying it into... A New Hope. They're tying right. it into the first Death Star build. We're seeing... Rogue One. We're, yeah, Rogue One. We're seeing story elements that are, you know, explaining some of those things. Those are the cool parts. Those right. are the parts that are worth some points. But overall, if you didn't watch these two episodes, it wouldn't make a bit of difference because yeah. they don't, they're don't. they not tying into important story elements with all these abandoned storylines that we're never going to get endings to. So it's, it's, it's very disappointing. Okay. Ironically, I was going to give it a three as well. <laughs> Gary, hey, I'm the highest. You're the highest this week, Gary. I can't believe we're actually saying that. I agree with all you guys that I, I really this whole episode, both episodes, I think pull us out of the Star Wars universe somehow in a really weird, odd way. I guess to me, it's the really corny things like having chopper slapstick stormtroopers and just some weird stuff like that that just doesn't make any the, sense at all. Th- these two episodes remind me a lot of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Straight from the looking through the Mac and Bernacles out the side window of, yeah. of a star's ship. Yeah. You know. Yeah, almost like you're looking at Captain Jack on the yeah. island, you know, waving back at you and smiling while he's on right. the dish or whatever. And, and all the slapstick comedy. Yeah, and, and you're right. That's a kind of, that was kind of the feel that it had is a, a Pirates of the Caribbean feel. Yeah, weird episodes. Kind of makes me wonder where they're going to go with the rest of the season of Rebels. I'm starting to understand why it's the last season of Rebels, but it makes me wonder if that was the plan all along. I mean, you know, you just got to get that feel. Well, that, that, that's what I see right now is the running, I don't know if it's the running gag with uh, Disney or what. But yeah. 
they started out with something really strong, and then they just let it well, Sli- not, slowly not, slide over time. Yeah, we're not interested in it. Let's put, bring in the B team. It just yep. seems, yeah, they're not, when I think back on all these stories that, that I was no. interested in, yep. that I wanted to see go somewhere, yep. and haven't, I'm just like, I'm so disappointed at the potential that's being squandered to tell these random episodes that are just another small mission of... Well, we're still building a rebellion. You've been building a rebellion for four seasons. Yeah, where have you been? Can can we can we have some other story going on, please? You know, You've been stealing ships or finding a cargo or whatever yeah, for forever. You, I know. You, you, you bring you you have Kalos join the the rebellion, right? And you don't do nothing with him, yeah. right? I mean, just oh, he was in this. Here's a random Ooh. one I just thought of too. Doesn't doesn't Ezra still have a Sith holocron at this point? I thought it something happened. Uh, oh no! Didn't Kanan take it and put it aside and said blah 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 and put it on a shelf or something? But still, it's around. It's around. You could be calling no, and we're not even doing that. The whole know? why did his eyes turn red in the first season when right. he raised that creature out of the pit? They're never going to tell That's you because gonna... they're going to abandon the storyline. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just pointing that out. So those are our thoughts on these two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Did I miss something, Gary? I'm sorry. No, I'm just uh, like I said. It's a running gag with with Disney right now. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's, Let's screw with our audience. Yep, absolutely. So those are our thoughts in these episodes, two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. We'd love to hear from you. Head over to our website, GabsCast. The, the people making com. Rebels must love us. <laughs> if they've ever heard our episodes... I, I oh, they're not to, listening to I us. hope to I God they've are. heard the one or two random ones where we've been like, that was a great episode, it's a 10, blah, blah, blah. Because <laughs> most of the episodes, if they hear us, they must be like, oh, God, these people, these guys are horrible. <laughs> Well, you know what it is? We expect a high quality. I mean, seriously, it's Disney. There should be a high quality here, and I don't think they're meeting it. I mean, really. Well, actually, I think you got, like, uh, half the group saying that, man, these kids are bad. They hate everything that we do. The other say, well, they're 100% correct. Yeah, they're like, yeah, guys, <laughs> I've been sitting here trying to tell you all the stuff we're doing wrong. Listen to Eric. He should be in He's here been telling doing you. choreography for the episodes that are crap because no one can hit anybody from two feet away with nothing <laughs> between them. Yeah, listen to Gary. He knows what the stories are going to be about. He's, he's picking up on these things. <laughs> My guy, you're right. Look at our character model for Saw. He's got to lose two legs and be damaged in like uh, two weeks. What are we going to do about that? <laughs> okay, so that's what we thought about these two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. We'd love to hear from you. Head over to galaxycast.com. Uh, you know, contact us. Uh, email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on YouTube. Yes, we are on YouTube. And, you know, like we always like to say here in the Star Production Studio, May the force be with those who listen. To SharePoint and Dillion. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You failed me for the last time. And look for the GalaxyCast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.